0: SECTION 82 OF CURIOSITIES OF LITERATURE, VOLUME 2, THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. CURIOSITIES OF LITERATURE, VOLUME 2, BY ISAAC Disraeli, OF COOK'S STYLE AND HIS CONDUCT this great lawyer perhaps set the example of that style of railing and invective in the courts which the egotism and craven insolence of some of our lawyers include in their practice at the bar it may be useful to bring to recollection cook's vituperative style in the following dialogue so beautiful in its contrast with that of the great victim before him the attorney-general had not sufficient evidence to bring the obscure conspiracy home to raleigh with which i believe however he had cautiously tampered but cook well knew that james the first had reason to dislike the hero of his age who was early engaged against the scottish interests and betrayed by the ambidextrous policy of cecil cook struck at raleigh as a sacrifice to his own political ambition as we have seen he afterwards immolated his daughter but his personal hatred was now sharpened by the fine genius and elegant literature of the man faculties and acquisitions the lawyer so heartily contemned cook had observed i know with whom i deal for we have to deal to-day with a man of wit cook thou art the most vile and execrable traitor that ever lived. Raleigh. You speak indiscreetly, barbarously, and uncivilly. Cook. I want words sufficient to express thy viperous treason. Raleigh. I think you want words indeed, for you have spoken one thing half a dozen times. Cook thou art an odious fellow thy name is hateful to all the realm of england for thy pride raleigh it will go near to prove a measuring cast between you and me mr attorney cook well i will now make it appear to the world that there never lived a viler viper upon the face of the earth than thou thou art a monster thou hast an english face but a spanish heart thou viper for i thou thee thou traitor have i angered you raleigh replied what his dauntless conduct proved i am in no case to be angry cook had used the same style with the unhappy favourite of elizabeth the earl of essex it was usual with him the bitterness was in his own heart as much as in his words and lord bacon has left among his memorandums one entitled of the abuse i received of mr attorney-general publicly in the exchequer a specimen will complete our model of his forensic oratory cook exclaimed mr bacon if you have any tooth against me pluck it out for it will do you more hurt than all the teeth in your head will do you good bacon replied the less you speak of your own greatness the more i will think of it cook replied i think scorn to stand upon terms of greatness towards you who are less than little less than the least cook was exhibited on the stage for his ill usage of raleigh as was suggested by theobald in a note on twelfth night this style of railing was long the privilege of the lawyers it was revived by judge jeffreys but the bench of judges in the reign of william and anne taught a due respect even to criminals who were not supposed to be guilty till they were convicted when cook once was himself in disgrace his high spirits sunk without a particle of magnanimity to dignify the fall his big words and his tyrannical courses when he could no longer exult that he was upon his wings again sunk with him as he presented himself on his knees to the council table among other assumptions he had styled himself lord chief justice of england when it was declared that this title was his own invention since he was no more than of the king's bench his disgrace was a thunderbolt which overthrew the haughty lawyer to the roots when the supersedius was carried to him by sir george coppin that gentleman was surprised on presenting it to see that lofty spirit shrunk into a very narrow room for cook received it with dejection and tears the writer from whose letter i have copied these words adds o oh, tremor et suspiria, non sadunt in fortem et son stantum. the same writer encloses a punning distich the name of our lord chief's justice was in his day very provocative of the pun both in latin and english cicero indeed had preoccupied the miserable trifle Use, sunderi sosis potuit sed sonderi jura non potuit potuit Eura, six years afterwards cook was sent to the tower and then they punned against him in english an unpublished letter of the day has this curious anecdote the room in which he was lodged in the tower had formerly been a kitchen on his entrance the lord Chief justice read upon the door this room wants a cook they twitched the lion in the toils which held him shenstone had some reason in thanking heaven that his name was not susceptible of a pun this time however cook was on his wings for when lord arundel was sent by the king to the prisoner to inform him that he would be allowed eight of the best learned in the law to advise him for his cause our great lawyer thanked the king but he knew himself to be accounted to have as much skill in the law as any man in england and therefore needed no such help nor feared to be judged by the law End of section eighty-two.